Hello and welcome to yet another Board Games Ireland podcast. Uh, I'm Gavin and with me as usual is Frank. Don't forget the avocado, Connor. <laughs> Hello. And we've got two additional um, uh, special guests with us this week. Uh, uh, we have Alex and Sarah. Uh, Alex, uh, a regular at our board game meetups for a very, very long time. And Sarah is usually always there uh, at our NaveCon when we go to NaveCon by yeah. virtue of the fact that she's from Limerick. <laughs> uh, okay, so what are we going to talk about this week? So it's coming up to Christmas, uh, which is important. Because I've always thought that... Um, Board games tend to be very associated with Christmas um, in an unusual way, but I think not in the way people think, because people tend to come, tend to go, I oh, think, oh, it, it's Christmas Day, we're supposed to play a board game. It's but to stop people fighting. Well, yeah, no, yeah that's <laughs> when you introduce something that will make people fight specifically, uh, or rules. Yeah. Everything, uh, but yeah, no, it's just because, yeah, you have people, that's, that's why you play a board game at Christmas, that's the way I see it anyway, because normally you don't have people. And when you have people, it's an activity that you can do with those people that isn't awkward conversation. Yes, but also if you if you have people who are all forced into a place they don't particularly want to be, then a board game is quite good. Yeah, you know, it's it's fun. They can follow rituals and rules and take out their frustrations on meeples. But it's one of the things that um, it's the it's the service that Board Games Ireland sort of provides is that it it it's like creates a mini Christmas twice a week yes every week of the year <laughs> yes it is that that's why uh, Christmas for me is particularly disappointing this year it's just like the song from um, what were they called is Slade yes yes they <laughs> wished it could be Christmas I was almost going to say Saturday but no <laughs> <laughs> no they wished it could be Christmas every day but that's all that's as far as they got yeah. no, they didn't actually go and get some no, every games. day is too much twice a week Tuesday evenings, Sunday afternoons. That's that was Naughty, just right. that was Naughty Holder's original <laughs> verse, but it just didn't scan. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think up first, just because we've got extra guests and all, we can discuss some games that we've just sort of played and enjoyed, not necessarily recently or not. Um, I know. Uh, let's see. We could have made up a little bit of a list here. So I'm going to. Uh, you wanted to talk about uh, sort of Sherlock Holmes games. Yes. Um, listeners may not know this, but I have. Um, a keen, almost obsessive, in fact, definitely obsessive interest in Sherlock Holmes. I travel far and wide collecting uh, memorabilia from around the world, um, hats, coats, walking sticks, all sorts of things, and I put them in a big room in my house. And some of this inc- includes um, board games. And I hadn't realised, but Sherlock Holmes actually has inspired um, quite a number of board games. Um, are, are any of them feet? Are any of them feet? Yes. No. The foot is not a game. <laughs> no, that's true. That's unfortunately not true yet. Although it would be a good game. Yes. Just call it the foot. <laughs> and then everyone could say the foot is a game. Yeah. <laughs> but, or have a game in the shape of a foot, of course, then you can say the game is a foot. And literally it would be mm. true. That didn't happen with Holmes himself, <laughs> but he had, he, he compensated with his amazing detective abilities. So um, coming coming to Kickstarter 2017, <laughs> the game is a foot. game is a foot. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, it could just be like a shoe box. Foot. <laughs> well, you got you you could have a number of plastic toes. Yeah, various rules. You've got to <laughs> attach all the toes to the foot, and and then you you win the game. It could be a, a competitive game again mm-hmm. against um, frostbite, shall we say, encroaching frostbite. The players have to it's c- kind of like a bookaroo type challenge. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, cooperative game that's what I'm thinking of kind of like a pandemic but for feet and frostbite anyway I'm digressing here a bit so um, yes Sherlock Holmes Um, so there's um, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective by Astari Games which um, I particularly um, 
enjoy. I'm old enough to remember a time before the internet, which was a particularly sad time when people got lost on their way to parties and nobody really knew what was happening at all. And one of the things we did back then was we they published books with um, choices on each paragraph. So you'd open the book and it would go, oh, the main character's gone into a room. Um, does he A, light the fire, B, stroke the cat, mm-hmm. C, leave the room? And you would go to page 74 or 72. Yeah, and you one know, of the, you've met with a horrible fate. Or, yeah, yeah, the, the, the adventure would actually a wizard, be a book. A wizard has turned you into a whale. Is this awesome? <laughs> yeah, the adventure would actually be a book. And... Um, Another interesting, and a sideline, I do have a evidence of a book, a real book called um, Sherlock Holmes Fact or Fiction, which is an entire hardback serious book dedicated to the possibility that Sherlock Holmes may have been real. This is what happened in the times before Google. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you'd argue for hours on end in the pub about whether Sherlock Holmes is a real yeah, person. Yeah, people did this. They did this. We forget now, but this is what, how it used to be. Um so, yes, uh, Sherlock Holmes, the um, board game, then that this game, blah. Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective is rather like these adventure game books that I'm talking about in that you have a number of cases and these cases, the whole game is literally just paper. There's no board. It's just books. Um, there's a directory of London. There's really nice um, reprints of the Times newspaper. And then there's various cases and the cases, um, there's a map of London with places you can go. And you literally read out the case to the players and then you decide where you're going to go. And you go, OK, I'm going to go to the doctor's surgery and you go to the doctor's Sorry, yes, of course, the shropodists. Why would I go to the doctor's surgery when there's a shropodist nearby? Given the foot connection. Yes. Yes. See, Sherlock would have picked up on that immediately. Um, yes, yeah, so the shropodist connection. Watson, feet have been a, <laughs> feet I have noticed have been a part of this case since the beginning. Good Lord Holmes, I knew I'd be right one day. I always said it was a foot. This time I was right. Good Lord Holmes, you knew from nine, from eighteen fifty two. You were saying. anyway. So yes, they go to the shropodists, and then you read some flavour text in the shropodists, and that might give you a few more clues. You can look in the papers, just picking one at random. Foreign and colonial news. We have received the following telegram through Reuters agency, Labour Agitation in Spain. Valencia, June the 7th. The Civil Guard today has been called upon to disperse groups of strikers assembled in the streets. Many arrests have been made. Now, you see, that might be totally irrelevant or it might have bearing on the case that you are uh, playing. And literally, that's it. There's 10 cases. Once you've done them, you've done them. But it's extremely involving for all those playing. Um, inclusive and quite an original yeah. game. I know it is good, yeah. Um, it's not really one to play in the pub because you do need a bit of quiet. Yes. To Otherwise you just especially, shout it all. Especially a dark pub. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of reading involved. And uh, with a with a, a, a an impromptu four-piece male voice choir in the background, which was actually happening on the day that we tried <laughs> to play it. Um, doesn't that, help. It doesn't help. Actually, we we still haven't solved that case that time, and I still you chin to try to see understand it, where it ended. Yes, <laughs> <I'm> still <laughs> the case of the missing male voice choir, though I do know the <laughs> I do know the answer to that one. It uh, is. It's quite it, now. To actually, it's fun. You can. It is doable. Like they are quite difficult, but they are doable. But to be doable to the point where you can beat Sherlock Holmes is almost impossible, impossible because yeah, you're supposed yeah. to beat him in like four locations or something yeah like he can he can tell in four locations the answer and usually these cases have like a hundred locations mm-hmm. so he's not going to get it in four and if you did it wouldn't exactly be any fun 
I mean, yeah. it would be over. Yeah. You'd be like, yeah, we beat Holmes, but what do we do now? <laughs> um, in fact, that sort of winning aspect of it isn't really important. It's much more important just to get involved. Yeah, the friendship you make along the way. It's, yeah, it's the friendship you make along the way when you when you finally never solve it. That's important, actually, because otherwise it can descend into a big argument. Um, yeah, uh, good one. Uh, another one I'll just briefly mention is um, another game, um, Holmes and Watson, which is rather similar to Sherlock Holmes in that it does involve pre-designed mysteries. It has clues, but it's actually done like a board game. So the clues, the um, flavor text goes out on the table and players actually bid using tokens to decide where they're going to go and which bit of flavor text they read. And each player will know more or less than okay. other players, depending on how well they do in the game. And the first player to solve it wins. But if you solve it and get it wrong, you're out of the game. So that's a, another way of uh, putting a spin on this. And um, one that we played recently, which is called Beyond Baker Street. Yeah, I'm still not sure what to make of that one, whether I like it or not. It, I'm still not sure if I fully get the <laughs> rules or not. Uh, well, yeah, well, you're essentially like filling up three buckets and you don't want to overfill them. That's, that's what right. I yeah, the game it's play. a kind of push your luck game. <laughs> yeah. With clues. I mean, the clues and stuff aren't really that important. No. You're not actually solving anything. It's more a push your luck game. You're trying to sort of, you've got a few clues. And I think you've got a few suspects and you've got a few, and you've got to yeah, make sure they're all. Almost like, uh, what's that game? 21? Yeah, exactly. Or That's Blackjack. It. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... you're trying to, yeah, you're trying to get to a point without going over that exactly point that, in these yeah. three decks. And yeah, yeah, it's all about balancing that. But the, yeah, the mechanic that makes it interesting is that you hold your cards, your hand of cards. Uh, facing away from you so everyone else knows what cards you have but you don't yes and that's right there's mechanics in play where you can spend penalty points to uh, essentially um allow you to give a clue to a player about what ha cards might be in their hand that's right so, it's, so you're always trying to work out you're trying to work out what's being played what hasn't um it's a, one of those games the sherlock holmes theme isn't essential to it it seems to me if the sherlock holmes theme is essential then you have to go down the adventure game route um Otherwise, it might feel a bit um, pasted on. In this case, I think in this game, you could have it with anything. It doesn't have to be uh, Sherlock Holmes at all. It could just be some other thing where you're trying to guess what cards are in people's hands. Yes. <laughs> um, but to have it at Sherlock Holmes um, makes it more interesting. It's got nice artwork. I quite like that. It was the box that drew it to me. I'm a sucker yes. for a nice box. <laughs> yes. And it's a small game. Nice, um, easy one to carry mm -hmm. around. Um... Yes, there's a few others I could mention just very briefly. There's Scotland Yard, which is the original um, hide-and-seek game oh, yeah. where one player is hunting around the board and the other player is trying to find them. Um, Sherlock Holmes doesn't really turn up in that, but he obviously he went to Scotland Yard quite a lot, so there's yeah. a connection there. I believe they have an old copy of that in... Because that's out of print, isn't it? But I think, yes. I think they have an old copy of it actually in Clockwork Door. But, oh, they do, do they? Yeah, yeah I think oh, that's in there on the shelves. On the, yeah. Okay. Um, that actually inspired Letters from Whitechapel, which is the Jack the Ripper Hunter game, which has very little connection with Sherlock Holmes at all, other than obviously the film where um, Sherlock Holmes goes hunting Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper, fact or fiction? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so there's that one. And um, yeah, I think that's everything. That's all the Sherlock Holmes games I know. If any, if anyone yeah, there were out there, some other old ones. Like because when I was Googling it there a second ago, it, it must have been something I had as a kid because I definitely remember the meeples. I don't remember the game, but I remember oh, yeah. their little sort of basil wrap bone with the deerstalker yeah. hats with the pipe. And that's the actual shape of the little plastic meeple. And it's a pretty cool. I just vividly remember those little figures. But uh, yeah, the actual game itself, I don't remember too much at all. But there was. Yeah, yeah. But it looked like a standard of sort of go around the board type thing. I'm not sure. It might have been sort of a Cluedo knockoff. Knock <laughs> I will look up more on it. Uh, so yeah so 
Alex, uh, yeah, do you want to talk about some other games? I not some of the ones you've mentioned. I haven't played, so I'm interested to know. Uh, yeah, uh, the the one that actually I wanted to play to, to talk about one is called Nothing Personal. Uh, it's actually a game made by Tom Vassell. <laughs> well, designed mainly by he and Stephen Avery, if I remember. It's made by Game Salute. It's basically a sort of an area control game uh, where you have a sort of a organization of gangsters and you put some tokens on these gangsters try to you know control them and so that you can actually do some special action mm-hmm. that are there but then you can also try to move those around in the in the hierarchy you can actually try to kill them between each other so that you can create void power etc but the great thing of this game is that most of the things are happening let's say outside the board with negotiation around oh, okay. people because you can try to there is a fantastic tiebreak mechanic uh, the person that actually controls the capo, the, the the head of the organization, has besides having this fantastic token mason ring, there is a sort some sort of golden ring that actually you can use it. It's pretty big actually. I have a small hand so I can actually <laughs> use it. But uh, then he is the guy that actually has to break ties. So in every situation in which, which there is a tie on a, on a on a gangster to control, he has to decide. And of course that starts a negotiation phase. You can actually promise something. You can actually give him money, you can actually give him cards, whatever, and the rules explicitly states that deals are not binding, so actually you can promise to do something later on when actually you have something that you control and then you not do it, so that of course causes a little bit of, uh, you know, yeah. fantastic chaos in the in the, in the game. Uh, one fun thing that I, that I found is that all the girls that I played it with they loved it. Okay. <laughs> it's I don't know if it is yeah. made up for the ring, for the couple, yeah. for the, the mechanics, for the yeah, fact yeah. that it is a di- very, very diplomacy intense game, etc. But uh, anyway, I, it's it's a game that it's really nice. It, it's uh, constantly evolving and uh, most of the things, as I said, is outside of the, the game. So it's, the yeah, game is it's, just something to have the experience. Yeah. And then you can start, you know, enjoying it's a it. With... Emergent gameplay, I believe. Yeah, the absolutely. Term. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. yeah, yeah. I do quite like games like that. Um, like, yeah, City of Horror is the other one that's very much like that. Like, you have yeah. the game itself, but uh, the real meat of the game is uh, yeah. your negotiations with the other players around the table. Uh, Sarah, you played that one with us as well recently at NaveCon, didn't you? Uh, we played it twice. We played it at both the NaveCon okay. that I was at. Um, it was. I really love it. Even though I don't like the, I wouldn't be very aggressive when it comes to making <laughs> deals or anything. <laughs> Towards yeah. the end, I was a bit tired. I think I just didn't want Frank to get left out. I was like, oh, I, just, I just don't want Frank to get left out of the game. <laughs> ah, you see, you're just not used to playing. That they always leave me out. Yeah, it's a tradition that they've gone. Um, bring Frank and then leave him out of every single game. But you got me to donut. Sorry. I got a donut off you. <laughs> oh, I did give you a donut. Yes, yeah. that's true. That, carried, was part, that was part I of the game, wasn't it? I carried it over we, from the start of the day to the evening. It was, that was the meta, meta game where yeah. I negotiated. There's, yeah, there's nothing, nothing in the rules to say you can't give a person exactly. donut 12, 10 hours previously. Um, but yeah, just to explain the rules on City of Horror, the way that works, it's a zombie survival type game. I think it's better than Dead of Winter, which is sort of, I think it might be maybe the same people. Um, in So everyone gets a couple of different characters that they have to make survive the night and each character have their own little special abilities. Uh, but the thing is, yeah, there's like a, like hundreds of zombies and there's only like five loca- five or six locations on the board. 
and there's only so many spaces in each location so each time everyone takes turns picking what locations they go to if that location is full they're stuck outside um depending on how many people are in a location if there's more zombies outside than people or there's a certain threshold of zombies then those zombies are going to attack the building and one person inside is going to have to die like there's one there's no like yes. injury or anything like that so then it comes down to voting uh so you have to the players have to vote and say who's going to get thrown out to the zombie that's right and that's where it becomes negotiating and there's things because you need to it's not enough to survive the night you have to survive the night with a antidote as well yeah so you get rescued and so yeah and those items will appear as the game goes along in different locations so again you're voting on who gets the item so that's where bargaining comes in so you can get that item and go okay i'll 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 let you have the antidote if you don't throw me out to the zombie yeah no i agree it's a fun part of the game but i think the difference between that and um nothing personal which Alex mentioned is that I think the negotiation in Nothing Personal is is broader mm-hmm. and much more integrated into the whole game as a piece, so that you can, you're continually kind of negotiating as you play. I think um, for me personally, it's one of the reasons I really enjoy it is because it does add that whole extra level to the game. You're not just playing by the game's rules; mm-hmm. you're also it's all about the people who are playing the game with you. You're trying to understand them. You're trying to assess their motives. And um, I think that adds a whole extra element to the game. So it's all involving. Um, just to mention briefly, uh, Tom Vassell, who Alex mentioned. Um, hey, folks. Him. <laughs> He's from uh, the Dice Tower, the <laughs> reviewer on there. And um, yes, he designed uh, this game along with the other. Um, and yeah, it's a fantastic game. I really enjoyed playing it. Really liked it. Okay. Um, yeah, some of you want to talk also about Project Elite as well? Yeah, that's another game that I that I I just played it recently. It's not a game that I own. Actually, it's one of the guys, one of the regulars in the, the meetup that has it. And this is a. It was actually surprising good in terms of the the mechanics because it's a sort of a real time game. Basically, you are trying to do some objective. It's a cooperative game, by the way. So mm-hmm. it's uh, one of those games where everybody tries to get to win together or lose together against the game. And it looks like a sort of a first-person shooter or a sort of a, you know, multiplayer game on the computer where you have to shoot aliens that actually are swarming your map. But you do it in a sort of a real time because you have phases of two minutes where you start rolling dice and bases on the faces of the dice that you mm-hmm. get. Then you can actually kill, move, etc., and do effectively the the operations on the map or find items or complete objectives, push things, etc. It's very hectic. It's very intense. Uh, it gives you this phases of two minutes of really you know heartbreaking attack that actually you have to. Either kill all those guys or kill the boss because the boss is actually causing negative effects on the entire app. It's very, it was very, very enjoyable. It was mm-hmm. very, very nice. Miniatures are great. Yeah. Uh, I know that actually that was a Kickstarter box uh, that started, I think, in 2014. If I'm not wrong, I need to, to look up because I didn't sign it up. Uh, it had a very, very troublesome life in terms of production. The, the, the miniatures were shown, I think, at Shankon one year and then they were considered or yeah. Essen one year and then they were considered bad. They had to be redone completely. Uh, I've read recently that actually the the guy that designed it, we 
another guy decided that he would fulfill the last 100 people that still haven't received the game and then he would be really really stopping it because it's been burned out completely by this campaign and it's let's say that actually that's one could be one of the problems when you actually get on kickstarter that you can get a very fantastic game maybe with a great production value mm-hmm. with something that uh say a bigger company would not produce but it's always risky that actually you end up not getting it because it's uh, you know all this uh, you know let's say hobbyistic tries of getting production is <laughs> it's the the risk of of of, of kickstarter anyway that was really yeah. it was really it was really a nice experience it's uh, yeah, those uh, I've only ever played one other do- those sort of real time games, which was um, uh, Escape: uh, The Curse of the Temple. Has anybody played that one? I don't no, think I've, so. I've heard that. Yeah, I've seen that running it, around in the tables, but I never played it. It's, yeah, it's uh, pretty intense, all right. And like, yeah, it's, and you're yeah, you're just constantly rolling dice to like find treasure and unlock traps and things like that in real time along, in real time so everyone's rolling at the same time everyone's got their own set of dice and you're matching symbols and some of the symbols are cursed symbols so you lose the dice and now a lot yeah. of it's on the honor system that's what i find um yeah. but uh and i remember because I, I haven't played it at any of the meters i've played it at, at home before and uh it's like there's like a cd as well which like oh, it's all sounds of like the dungeon and stuff <laughs> it's pretty good cool. oh, nice. and that, that that acts as your timer as well because it's a specific length of time uh, you have to escape from the dungeon before you all die. <laughs> I really like the um, submarine commander game. I can't remember the specific name Captain of it. Captain Sonar. Captain Sonar, yeah. which is real time, and I've played in real time. And you're playing against an opposing team, both of you driving submarines, both of you trying to look for each other on a map, and then trying to kill each other in real time. That's extremely stressful. Great fun, though. Yeah, I'm looking forward to trying that. Have you yet to play it? Uh, I think, yeah, then the other one you wanted to talk about was Vast, was it? Yeah, that's another Kickstarter that yeah. instead I, I backed last year. This, as again, uh, it had a f- little delay. Uh, it arrived just in July, August this year instead of the, it was projected in March. This is uh, what picked me up. You know, I'm, I'm an engineer, so I'm a sucker for uh, mechanics. And this one is asymmetric in a way that plays up to five people and everybody is playing a completely different game. Okay, yeah. Totally different because the rules for him for how to move are different. The base flavor is there's a dungeon, there's a knight going into the dungeon trying to find a dragon, kill the dragon. It may look boring, but you know, one player is playing actually the knife, the knight, sorry. One player is playing the dragon. So the dragon actually doesn't care to kill the knight, but just tries to wake up, gain power, etc. and then escape. One player is playing the goblins, hiding in the shadow of the cave that it's there. So it's, it's a very sort of a hide-and-seek game. One player is playing actually the cave, and actually okay. he can shape the cave, move the cave, then collapse the cave, so oh, that wow. actually he can trap everyone inside. Hmm. And that was probably the biggest selling point mm-hmm. of the of the game. It it was also good because the guy that that did a Kickstarter added a fifth player that actually it's it plays well only when you play it with a with a full house or it with all with all the roles it actually but as the the other rules are so you can actually omit one of the players and actually try to fit them all together, but the greatest thing of this game that besides taking tons of time to explain it because you have to explain everyone a different game, that it really fits well you know yeah. uh, you go on to the game and you see that actually everybody has a way to keep the others in check while trying to get the edge towards the victory but everybody's so very well you know mixed and then tried it it's really really good how it's done it's really impressive i've played it quite a lot of times and everybody had a, always a very very good 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 experience yeah that sounds really interesting it yeah, seems that actually they're doing a second kickstarter if i if i'm not wrong yeah. I think that the, the, the designer decided to 
run again another Kickstarter because of Gen Con this year. This game actually made a lot of fuss and a lot of you know uh, news because it was really, really, it's it's a really crazy and interesting design that actually plays, it mm-hmm. plays fantastically. Yeah, no, no, that actually really sounds cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so other stuff that we played recently, because I actually haven't played too much. I've been quite busy, so I haven't. I think the last thing I played was um, actually our. We did a little session of House on Haunted Hill, uh, Widow's Walk expansion. That's right. Um, so we had a go. What did you make of that? You played it with me. Yes, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I enjoyed it with the expansion as yeah. well. Um, well, you, you hadn't played it before, had you? House on Haunted Hill. I'd played the okay. original base okay, game before, okay, not okay. not with the expansion. Yeah. And I liked the expansion that we played. I don't think I can really say, yeah, you can't say what I liked about them. it without giving away a lot about it. So I'll just say I really liked it and yeah. for secret reasons. Yeah, there's definitely a lot in the expansion. I think it's, it's like 40 new scenarios yeah. and they all look interesting. Obviously, I didn't read them all because we've only done one. Uh, but they, yeah, they all have interesting mechanics uh, and... Uh, yeah, yeah, and it just it integrates very well with the base system as well. And mm. I, mostly, I was happy that because I bought a, I, I, I was looking to pick up a, a new copy secondhand of uh, House and Haunted Hill, and luckily my copy has the the little piece of plastic fit nicely onto the cardboard. Yes, Whereas any other time good. I've played that game when someone else's copy, those things have just been loose and just <laughs> impossible to use. But I believe there is like a website, HTML5 type website that you can just open up on your phone that will keep track of all your different your four different meters. So yep. if you do are playing it with the annoying version, just yeah, open that up on your phone. I'm sure a Google search, if you will, what what people say, will find that for you. <coughs> and that was yeah, a coughing corner. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see a bit of a pause. You can cut it off. <laughs> yes, what I did like about that, um, the expansion was that it has a mechanic that actually affects the way that players communicate and behave with each other in mm-hmm. a very interesting oh yeah and quite unique way yeah and say that much about it yeah and i'm interested like some of the the, the the um there's some really interesting sort of writers as well on it like i, I really want i'm really keen to play um, zoe quinn's the game mm-hmm. developer made depression quest uh, i think she just had a quite a good kickstarter for uh, one of the ch- ch- uh, an fmv game based on chuck tingle books uh, i don't know if you're familiar with chuck tingle books you'll understand why that's quite a strange thing uh but yeah she had um, i have never I, it <laughs> sounds like quite a strange thing already to me and i've never heard of it yeah, and so the haunt that she wrote for it is called "Make America Disintegrate Again." Oh yeah, <laughs> that's yes, a great yes. title. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so but unfortunately, I have yet to play that haunt. So um, yeah, again, I'm looking forward <laughs> to getting to that one. So last month we actually did a little experiment and tried recording a live playthrough of us uh, doing uh, Betrayal of House on the Hill with us walk. Um, don't know how well it works, so if you think it's boring, it's about 12 minutes long this segment, so you can skip forward. I did cut it towards the end because I didn't want it to spoil the haunt, so it gets as far as... as I, yeah, and I cut out a lot in the middle as well, so it gets about as far as, as getting triggering the haunt and then just me reading the description of the haunt, just to give you a bit of flavour. Um, I will say that, yeah, it didn't go too well for us, um, for the good guys of myself, and Frank ended up as the... This, the normal players, well, the other, the other two, uh, Owen and Martian, who joined us, uh, they both became traitors. Um, so, uh, but uh, yeah, the sort of key thing to our failure was the plant 
the evil Venus flytrap that Martian unlocked earlier in the game and you'll hear a bit where he unlocks that and that thing was just lethal because it just stopped me from getting down the ton a particular corridor that I need to get down without taking massive damage. So yeah, without further ado, here, have a listen to this. Yeah. Hello, welcome <laughs> to a live playthrough of Betrayal. Recorded live, uh, the FCC will be all over us. Well, of course it's recorded it. live. Yeah. A, recording, <laughs> a recording of a recording playthrough would be very dull. So here we are, the live, live recorded playthrough of Betrayal at House on the Hill, which there are four of us playing. Myself, Frank Avocado O'Connor, Gavin Byrne, Owen Keeney, and Martin Barron. And um, yeah, we've just got started. Um, we it should be noted we're playing with the new um, Widow's Walk expansion. Yes, we are indeed. And, um, and already we're exploring some of the new sections, the, the roof. The way this works is that we basically were walking around this house, which is on the side of a hill. It's, um, it's a haunted one, and there might be some betrayal. All of that is clear from the title of the game. Um, the way that it works is that um, as we walk through, we lay down tiles, we work, find out where we are, and sometimes we walk into a room to trigger an item, an event, or an omen. And these uh, do various things. So this is... Um, an experiment in the world of podcasting, or at least in our world of podcasting. So we are, we're going to see how this goes. Um, it might just be um, some exciting noises of um, <laughs> cards being shuffled in the equator grunt. Ooh, what's going to happen next? Oh, some dice could be rolled. Dice got rolled. <laughs> or maybe those were my false teeth. <laughs> um, Should you introduce our characters? I am Zoe Ingstrom. Um, she's aged eight years old. She's three foot nine inches. She weighs 49 pounds. Ooh, lose some weight, Toby. No, I didn't mean the fat shame. She's fine. Um, uh, our hobbies are dolls and music. <laughs> And her birthday is November 5th. And we're recording this on November 4th. So I got Which to go is first. extra spooky. Yeah, really yes. spooky. Uh, yeah, do you want to introduce yourself, Owen? I'm playing as Brandon Jasper. I'm a 12 year old boy. Uh, uh, hobbies, <laughs> computers, camping, hockey. And yeah. Yeah, I'm Professor Longfellow, age 57. And my hobbies are Gaelic music, drama, and fine wines, which fits perfectly because at the moment I'm, I discovered a wine cellar in the basement of the haunted house. And yeah, that's that's. I am um, Vivian Lopez, uh, forty-two years of age, entirely coloured blue, um, with a kind of haunted look and greasy bedraggled hair. Uh, not that I'm being bedraggled here; I'm just mentioning uh, a detail. Uh, bedraggled shaming now. Yes, bedraggled shaming. <laughs> height um, five foot five inches, uh, one hundred forty-two pounds, and um, her hobbies are old movies and horses which um, she often combines, <laughs> either by bringing a horse to a movie theatre or watching a movie on a horse. An old horse at a new movie? Would that work? That's a bit, <laughs> that's <laughs> magical. That's on the fringe of the horse movie lobby, really. A hobbyist. And her birthday is um, January the 11th. And we're, we're, lots of time to plan the birthday party. We're playing this on um, November the 4th, which is why I'm going... Oh, is all of this just an elaborate, like, surprise birthday party for my character? It's like at midnight, everyone's going to say surprise. <laughs> oh, we can't tell you that yet. We can't tell you that yet. We'll so I was pretty up. stoked. Quite off the bat, I found the spiral staircase, which is pretty useful because it connects to every floor um, at the cost of two movements. So that's going to be pretty useful later on. Be useful to who? Well, yeah, that remains to be seen. <laughs> to all of us. And I, have a, I found a music box, which 
could be handy and some dripping water which yes, is, I, is difficult uh, Vivian raced up to the uh, master bedroom and um, immediately freed a girl who um, um, made her a little more sane okay so my character Braddon just walked into the pa- patio and triggered an event so it's okay. quiet and sounds a baby's cry lost and abandoned a scream a crack of breaking glass then silence which so, one's the disquieting one Maybe the silence. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, I gotta roll six dice and see if I win something. Ooh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Does it work? Okay. Uh, that I, was I, a bad I, roll. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> since it's still early. I, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I need to get above the omen track. Oh, okay. Okay. We're good. So I get another sanity. So my the twelve-year-old boy has the highest sanity in the group now. Yeah. He's oblivious to everything. <laughs> Self-absorbed, as I like to put it. Uh, okay, I'm going to try to open my puzzle box first. I'm going to roll dice according to my knowledge, which is five. And I have to roll six plus, and if I do, I draw two items. No, and that didn't work out. <laughs> two. Yeah. So, so I'm going to try again next turn. Uh, I'm going to start moving further into the basement. And statuary corridor, and I drew statuary corridor. Okay. Oh, it's a statue. It's not like um, <laughs> an obligatory corridor. Oh, there's a fly trap, and an enormous exotic plant stands beneath an elaborate rig of lights and plumbing. It le- it leaves are brown and withered. Its giant flower pod stands partially open, waiting for sustenance. It needs water. It needs to be fed. Your blood. <laughs> Take one die or phys- uh, of physical damage. Put a plant token in your room and take this card. After the hunt is revealed, when any hero, trader, or monster enters that room, you may attempt a might seven attack against that opponent. So, so it's a little shop of horrors, basically. One, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. One die of damage. <laughs> so plants, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I take one. Where do I get physical damage? I think it's on mm-hmm. any attribute. Any, attribute. any physical oh, attribute. Any physical so might uh, so or might or speed. speed, yeah. I can lose one speed because that's still going to be four. Uh, <coughs> before the hunt, you can't actually die, but after the hunt is yeah. revealed, you can die. Yeah. So, so uh, Vivian <coughs> is currently in the master bedroom with a little girl. and she Is she a little girl? or It says little girl. Oh, okay, little girl. Uh, you, keep, you, keep, you keep the, the omen. That's it's an item you keep, yeah. No, it just says girl, yeah. and I just made her little. So maybe she's just <laughs> not over 18, I don't know. It just says girl. Yeah. Girl trapped alone, you free her, <laughs> exclamation yeah. mark. So a girl of indeterminate age, so not quite a woman. Yes, <laughs> whatever the actual <laughs> no longer a girl <laughs> definition of a girl is in your. <laughs> she was no longer a little girl. They were little women. <laughs> right, I'm going um, to head into the next room here, and that is on the upper upper floor. And we have a gallery with an omen in it. Oh, the girl follows me. You can choose to fall. I can't read that. You can just fall to the ballroom, ballroom if, if it's in, in the house. house. If you do take one, I'd no, it's not. No. So we don't have a ballroom. Yeah. So an omen. Yeah. 
The omen is a dog. That's another companion. The next one will be a pack of rats. <laughs> this, this mangy dog <laughs> seems friendly, at least you hope it is. Gain one might and one sanity oh, wow. now. So Sanity's gone up to I got a cat. six. So the dog wants courage, the girl wants brains. <laughs> <laughs> might's gone up to four. Um, oh yeah. What? You need to roll six die. Yeah. Every time, no matter Every what. For the omen, when an omen is triggered. Yeah. Oh yeah, it says make a haunt roll now. So, I'm going to make a haunt roll, here I am going. I've got to get more than three. Three. Yeah. Yep, I fine. do, I get four. <laughs> it's still close. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to go on at this stage. Um, okay, uh, this uh, upper works here, yeah? Yeah. Uh, it's the sewing room. If you end your turn here, you may discard an item card to gain one physical trait if it's below its starting value. Okay. Oh, only if it's below. So, no, that's uh, uh, so we get a night. Oh, and it's also connected to the dumbwaiter. On the same floor. Uh, camcorder. Left by a previous explorer, there seems to be something on the tape. You should totally watch it. Uh, when you draw this card, put a number of triangular knowledge roll tokens on this card equal to the number of explorers. An explorer in possession of the camcorder can take a knowledge roll to gain uh, one knowledge. Uh, you may not gain a knowledge roll token if you already have one. When there are no tokens left, discard the card and all those knowledge roll tokens. So, so I need four tokens. Okay, so I guess I can try for it now, can I? So, knowledge is... Oh, I'm only three. What's the record? Oh, wait, no. Explorer can take a knowledge roll... Oh, I just take a token to gain one knowledge. Maybe I can already have one. Okay, so yeah, we just I just get it. Yeah. Okay. And oh, you can decide to share it or not, basically. Yeah, but I can only do it once, so there's no point in me not. Yeah. So that just puts my knowledge up one. Okay. okay. Actually, I shouldn't do that. Okay. Uh, welcome back to um, our live recorded playthrough of Betrayal at House of the Hill. Um, Martin has just triggered a haunting, so we're going to work out. Um, oh, and only one off. What was it? Oh no, you rolled. Yeah, one off if you rolled. Does it count at a four? He came very close yeah. to not triggering a haunting, but he has triggered a haunting. So now we're going to find out what's haunting and where. We're looking up a table of hauntings. And what was the card? Vile. Vile. Okay, so the traitor is a person with the lowest sanity. So that's so not you. So we know who the traitor is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because no, no, they have to go to another room, yeah. Yes. Well, I got three. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> so, just to let you know what's going on, we worked out oh, what the haunting okay. is. Best for the survivors and best for me. And it yeah. turns out that Marcin okay. is a traitor. Do I read you what's in there? Mm-hmm. No, 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 you take that. There might be, a, might be some tiny way to say, but yeah. just read it first. Go read, read everything mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. So, Martin has his own, his own um, trait. Oh, yeah, because they're going to be... Uh, Martin has yeah, his own so so you Go into the admitting room or something, man. Yeah, so, the way this works is that Martin now has his own traitor's handbook, which tells him exactly how to be a traitor. He has to go and read that in another room. Yeah, he just has to block Brexit from happening. And <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is called Burn Out the Darkness. It's written by Michael Dunlap and Chad Brown. Um, the soft, warm light suffusing from the vial suddenly flared to life, revealing the, the house in stark details. All around the periphery of the room, darkness seeped out of the house like oil 
covering everything. Uh, you are one of the lucky ones. Your torch held back the inky black that enveloped your less fortunate fellows. Uh, your reprieve was anything but permanent, however, as the silent darkness continues to seep into everything. Only the fire seems to hold it back. Cleansing fire. Uh, it looks like you have some work to do. I think then the other game I have down on my list here of games we wanted to talk about was going to be Kemet, which you played with us. I think everyone, all of us have played yes. it now, yeah, at this I've point. But it. you played it with us there down in Limerick as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this is by the same guys who made uh, Cyclades. Cyclades is uh, an absolute favourite game of mine. And I always held off buying Kemet because people always told me, oh, if you have one, you shouldn't have the other. But they're very different games, like completely different. Um, so, yeah, yeah. What what did you guys make, Sarah? What did you make at Kemet first? Uh, I, I was kind of afraid to play it first because I always say, how long is it going to take? Mm. And uh, it was about an hour, wasn't it? Yeah, it went and quick I, enough. I, to me length of time means more difficult well, that was actually short game of comment yeah. generally yeah. a little bit more over <laughs> than hour it's, it's um, yeah it looks like a very complicated game and it yeah. does have a lot of things to keep track of but but I, I didn't think it was that hard yeah. at all yeah once you get into it yeah I, I enjoyed it at first, but then I was gradually um, and increasingly left out. <laughs> <laughs> you needed to give people donuts beforehand. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I think bo- both of us lost everything that day. Yes, <laughs> neither of us I did. wanted I lost anything. It. I lost everything. I lost the entire kingdom of lost Egypt. Lost your donuts. <laughs> I lost most of humanity to zombies. Yeah, I did. I did lose a lot. Um. So. Yeah, no, no. It's just to explain it, the mechanics. It's like um, ancient Egypt, and um, I don't, I don't. Are you the gods? I think you are gods. You are the gods, you are okay. the gods and yeah, you've got to yeah. lead your people to victory over the others. But a lot of it is, um, you have, uh, yeah, how many actions you can do each round is dependent on um, how much prayer power you have. That's right. And you spend that to perform certain actions, and then also you need can only do so many actions as well. Cause you, yes. But you can purchase additional sort of tokens to like do more actions. That's right. Along. Yeah. <clears throat> so you use that prayer power to like um, purchase the different powers from different tiers. Some of those powers are then like additional sort of mythological creatures, like giant. Um, scorpions and things like that yes they can do different things but that's what you're it's the way you're talking about it 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 might sound more similar to cyclades than it is in cyclades you're you have gods that control things but it's gods bidding mechanic in that yes and they determine very specifically Mm -hmm. what you can do whereas this is much more about you can do loads of different things it's just how much different things you can do yeah, at any the, one the, go. The actual meat of the game is that it's basically a war game. You're actually just fighting against each other, trying to get points and controlling areas controlling and areas, then winning yeah. victory. Especially <clears throat> the the fact that if you win an attack, you gain a point. And then the game actually goes up to eight or ten yeah. points, etc. Every battle that you want to win mm-hmm. actually gives you gives you gives you points towards a victory. So it's a very very aggressive yeah. game. Yeah, you sense. don't you don't get too attached to territories in it. So you're constantly yeah. moving yeah. around yeah. the board and attacking and losing troops and regaining troops. And uh, what what the interesting mechanic in it though is in the purchasing different powers is once that power is purchased, no one else can get it. You take it yeah. off. That's right. And so it's there's a lot of like you can re-screw people over if they're trying to aim for. A certain power, yeah. and then you have your pyramids as well, which are just like d4s, giant d4s of the oh, three that, different colors. Good fun, yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you upgrade those pyramids up to level four, and level four you can buy the top tier of um, yeah. of special powers, which That's are right. really powerful. Some of them, um, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I quite enjoyed it a lot. There's definitely a lot of interesting different types of strategies you could go for because, yeah. again, there's different sort of branches of powers. So there's ones that are geared more towards combat, some towards defense, and then some towards generating additional resources and prayer power. Yes. Um, and yeah, and there's like really interesting locations on the board, like there's a location where you can go and when you put an army there, you can sacrifice uh, members of the army to generate victory points that's right. as well as like prayer points. And yeah, it, yeah it's, it's... But that's that also the great thing is that based on the number of players you have two different maps and you have different territories and uh, then in four player for example that 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 temple that is not there it's only there for the fifth yeah. player so it's a sort of a next add extra balancing etc yes yeah. it's, it's nice yeah last time i played it our mutual friend peter uh he uh he, he took that very seriously and yeah he, well he, he kind of trampled right over yeah. my armies you you played probably with the <laughs> most aggressive person in a yes, meetup yes. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, I had the full brunt of that. I think I held my own quite good against it. I don't think either of us won in the end because no. then I found some interesting strategies because even though he had conquered, like he actually went and conquered my original city and took my pyramids and <laughs> purchased things. Uh, but it left me a loophole out to move around and take the rest of the board then. But um, yeah, then I realized that there's nothing in the rules that say you can't like crop up troops yes. inside the city that he is in and force him into combat. Um so that was an interesting little rule I'd noticed. But he found this ridiculous rule that actually didn't... It was like it let him do like a crazy amount of moves in the one turn. He like stacked something like three of those like additional move tokens. Yes, yeah, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, apparently it was all legal. We spent some time like reading and rereading <laughs> rules and it was perfectly legal what he was doing. And yeah, it, 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 it that kind of came annoying in the game because it really just became about like r- rules liaring. And it's like... It yeah. was so, like th- th- there's also <laughs> one last thing that actually Hammond has when he when you go to the to the effective fighting that you have this deck of cards that actually everybody has the same deck of cards which which is starts but then you play one and you discard one so uh, compared for example to game of thrones when you have that set of battle cards and then you deplete them and everybody at a certain point knows what you have in this case no one can know it because you play just two and then you discard the other two and then yeah the last two People don't effectively know which actually you have, so mm-hmm. it's a, it's a very gambling. What, what what I go for? I go for attack. I go for defense. I yeah. go for trying to kill them, etc. And it's 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 a very interesting. Yeah, no, no, it's it's really a really cool little game actually. I think I must look at their expansions for. It. I think that might have been. There's also a, a sort of a crossover. Yeah, that a way you to... can actually merge something from Seaclades and Command and vice versa. I don't um, know if it's... I must do that because I really like those games. And there's a I haven't I never got the uh, Hades expansion for Cyclades either. Cyclades <laughs> uh, is probably a game we'll talk I about. I think there's also an expansion coming from Command as well. I've seen that cropping up probably. Yeah, I'm gonna look into that actually. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, now I need I actually marked down that I want to play to Cyclades with you because I don't have. It, so I still haven't played it. So <laughs> yeah, I have the Titan expansion for that as well. It makes it a very different game. So very I think different. we used that the uh, miniatures for some sessions. Oh yes. Done. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so um, is there any other any other games people want to talk about, or because then we can move on to uh, controversy corner. Controversy corner it uh, is. Let me let me just get, get that the, music. Get music controversy. It's going to be controversial music. Uh, As usual with Controversy Corner, I woke up this morning and just like stared at the ceiling and screamed and got, oh God, I need to think of something controversial 
for the corner later on today and I couldn't think of anything and then I realised wait a minute the biggest controversy of all it's everywhere it's on the news you can't get away from it it's Donald Trump surely he must he must have a finger somewhere in my life and he does he has a finger in board games you wouldn't think it but Trump has a board game and it's called um, Trump the Game Amazingly enough, I would never have guessed, but that's what he decided to call it. He put his name on it. He hasn't got anything to do with Top Trumps. Called it a game. No, <laughs> you'd think he'd ripped off that idea. No, <laughs> I've got, I looked it up on Board Game Geek and I just thought, well, actually on Amazon, it's quite amusing. The, the Amazon description is just um, Trump, uh, Trump the board game. Um, he's back. You're fired. Open brackets discontinued by manufacturer, close brackets. <laughs> so I think basically says it all about Trump. I mean, I think that's him in a nutshell. See, this is controversy. Um, right, so I just looked up the description of what it actually does. I thought, well, how how does he go about designing a board? What, does, what's he, what sort of board game would And it's interesting that it's not called The Apprentice. It's just Trump. He obviously wasn't willing to pay the license or... <laughs> I don't know. They know they want... No, he obviously he wants his name well, on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get more money, you, you know. know <laughs> you play this game while eating a Trump steak... <laughs> you know, in a Trump, I don't know what, prefab or something. Anyway, so it's Trump the Game. What I love about this description. In Trump the Game, players compete in two parts. In the first part, players circle the board, feeding money into properties, then bidding on those properties and collecting Trump cards. Now... <laughs> <laughs> you just activated my trump card <laughs> yeah what i really like about that description is that he actually managed to make a board game sound menacing and creepy <laughs> players i love this thing players circle the board feeding money into properties <laughs> it, well sound, it sounds like the seduction techniques there it's like <laughs> players circle the mexicans feeding them to the sharks i mean it's just the same it's <laughs> he like grab the board by the <laughs> pussy then exactly <laughs> um so basically, it's what sounds like, and you can go ahead and sue me for this, the Donald. Um, sounds like a ripoff of Monopoly. Basically, it's just um, you get properties and you have trump cards. You don't know how much the properties are worth. Um, players use their trump cards to buy and sell properties. Some cards award huge payoffs for specific properties. After each player has passed their turn, properties are reevaluated, and the player with the most money wins. So basically, you're buying and selling properties, you're bidding on them, you've no idea how much they're worth. You might get a card from Trump, which suddenly doubles the price of the property. <laughs> and that's it. So, um, but, yeah, it sounds awful. That's a proper game, actually. That's a proper publisher, etc. Because I, I, I remember seeing in the, let's say, the times when Berlusconi was in print Italy, that... Uh, compared to Monopoly there was a Berluscopoly that actually was a similar <laughs> thing with the same layout etc but that was a sort of a pet project a sort of a personal project that actually appeared on the internet a sort of a print and paper but you had a, like the Monopoly thing that then you go around and actually all the all the station instead of being you know the roads or etc where the things that actually Berlusconi has done uh, law from justice or co cover your, so your your ass or whatever it is it was, <laughs> all the various trials it was more a sort of a sort of a mockery than, than actually a you go, go around the port, court cases that he's yeah exactly involved. something <laughs> like that yeah. goes on for s seven hours exactly <laughs> the, um, did you see him on Netflix there's a documentary with him on Netflix Oh yeah, this has who's in it again? It's I don't know who interviews yeah. him. It's it's kind of a hagiography. I mean, yeah. it's not exactly critical of him. Yeah. But they go to his house and he basically goes behind this massive, um, like door in a safe into his own like little room, which is full of all his stuff and a bed, <laughs> and that's where he lives, like behind this bulletproof door, and he just shows the camera around and he goes, oh, this is where um, 
this is a uh, this is my B day. It's all fully operational, and he sort of winks. I mean, it's awful. It's, it's, it's like, it sounds like, oh, and this is when he's trying to be nice to himself. Um, I was looking through some other controversial games. There's a lot of like top 10 most controversial games ever made. Sorry, yeah. things. Uh, I'm just scanning through them. Uh, most of them are just out and out offensive, like stuff. But uh, there's a few sort of interesting ones. Game Monopoly sounds amazing. Uh, <laughs> uh, by the Parker sisters. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> unconnected to Parker Brothers in fact I think they were the uh, recipient of a lawsuit <laughs> uh, yeah it features things like family pride cards and <laughs> yeah no it just sounds kind of cool uh, another one is one I actually had as a kid um, uh, called uh, The Sinking of the Titanic uh, I don't know if it was called that when I had it it might have just I can't remember what it was called I don't think it was maybe it was just called Titanic I don't know I don't know if it was specifically Titanic well, that is the version I played that is controversial I mean it obviously didn't sink yeah, Titanic, factor like, fiction. It's all a conspiracy. Yeah, the, I remember that was really interesting because the board was really cool. Um, basically, the board is like uh, rotates so that the the top part of the board is the ship, and yeah. it slowly uh, shifts up one square at a time and rotates so that it sinks below the water completely so until it's sinking. upside down completely. Yeah, and each person is like a staff member on the boat. And you get a bunch of cards at the beginning and those are guests on the Titanic or the yes. boat who you're supposed to rescue. And so you have to move around the boat to try and get to their cabin to rescue them uh, for bonus points and then get off the boat to the lifeboats. Yes. Uh, but the trouble is, as the boat's sinking, some of those cabins may disappear below water level, so well, you naturally. can't get to them, so you're screwed. Yes. So it's all about taking the gamble whether to do that or not. And then there's a second mechanic. Once you're in the lifeboats, you have to go around the islands and, and in your little lifeboat trying to get enough materials to survive and things like because that. Because obviously the Titanic itself wasn't enough, really, for a game. <laughs> yeah, so there's just two aspects to it. That's what's it. controversial about it? Do the English, I don't know, the I guess English just that it's have a guns or something? Abandoned ship, that's what it was called when I played it. Uh, but, no, no, I think... I don't know. I think it's just controversial because it's a tragedy. It'd be like, I guess, just because it's like really long ago, people don't think think it's okay to do things about that. Whereas like nine eleven, still, if you made a board game yeah. about nine eleven, Secret Hitler, though, it would no, be the no same. Oh, yeah, all, that's yeah. Fine. <laughs> yeah, there's a statute of limitations on offense. I think it <laughs> <laughs> doesn't seem to actually particularly offensive. You know, it's okay. There's a tragedy, etc. But that could actually be also what happens in, in effect. You know, people trying to rescue people. So it's yeah, silver linings and stuff. You know, that's like that. I think. They, I think like <laughs> I think yeah, they're playing secret Hitler for real in America at the moment. It's no, they like, are. Yeah. Yeah. Except it's not secret. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like who's the mo- most overt Hitler? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else is on this uh, list here? Uh, oh yeah, well, another one that sounded unusual because I thought the name was really unusual. It's Bunsen Memo. Oh, uh, it's not about our, one of our favorite hamburger places or Bunsen burners. Um, what it's, about the guy off the Muppets? No, it's Beaker, isn't it? Beaker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's, it's, oh, yeah, it's Dr. Oh, no, it's Dr. There is Bunsen, Bunsen Burner. Yeah. yeah. Where's Bunsen Burner? Yeah, he's from, he's the scientist, isn't he? Yeah, the, yeah. it's Beaks. Bunsen. Yeah, I think the doctor is, yeah, Beaker is his assistant. Yeah, that's right. He's Dr. Dr. Bunsen Honey Bunsen, or what am I, I have no idea. Yeah. It's a while since I've watched the Muppets. But yeah, Bunsen Memo. Um, This is a memory game. You know the memory game? So you have a bunch of tiles in front of you, you yeah. get to turn over two at yeah. a time, and you have to match them. Yeah. Um, the only thing that's different about this is the matching tiles are the left and right breasts of a woman and there's 48 different women <laughs> and you're trying to match you're trying to each woman's matching pair of breasts uh, well not matching pair matching breast to breast um, and yeah the reason it's called Bunsen Memo is because that's German for bosom memory oh of course <laughs> So oh my God! What did they call? What did they call Bunsen burners in Germany? <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> too controversial. So yeah, that's just a few. Bunsen German, I think. Yeah, that, yeah well, but it's named for the, the man was called Bunsen, wasn't he? So when was that released? Uh, 2003. 2003. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds like a game that actually the plastic surgeon would actually love to play. You know, just to. Yeah, yeah that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's one potential version, sir. <laughs> it's you and Donald Trump for this. <laughs> yes, that would be Trump's. Uh, <laughs> Trump's I, Bunsen I was trying to make the, you know, the effective use of such game you know Trump's and memories <laughs> uh, so yeah Trump's and memories oh, forget it yeah so we were going to talk then just about uh, a few things that are coming up on Kickstarter so Sarah there's something special you wanted to talk about oh you? yeah I have it here yeah um, my best friend is over in Amsterdam and she was mad to uh, start calling Cthulhu but uh, it's her partner is going to be the Keeper. Still, yeah, keeper. keeper. It's a keeper say. in Cthulhu. Yeah, yeah, I was saying it's not Dungeon Master. And um, he came across a game called Pugmire. And it's a post, post-apocalyptic, post-human world where all the characters are dogs. And uh, he knows I like everything to do with dogs. <laughs> <laughs> that I would love this. Um, it's still, as far as I know, still starting up. It's not, it hasn't been finished up or anything. Uh, they have like sets of rules that have been passed down that uh, they have to be good dogs. <laughs> they have to be loyal and they have to fetch things that have been left behind and they have to be good for the old ones. And uh, they have a moral code and everything. And there's these amazing pictures. <laughs> So, sounds like a version of the dog for the, the Hand Commandments. Um, it's supposed mm-hmm. to be standard D&D, I think I read up at the top. And uh, it, it just looks amazing because it's, there's dogs. Yeah, the artwork looks <laughs> so, nice. I'm looking at it Someone here. out there is going to be like me who's saying, yeah, dogs, yeah, <laughs> it's enough. It's enough. I've seen some of this artwork and it's your classic um, D&D artwork, except they've really worked hard at making the dogs fit the characters. So the elfin dog would be like a kind of border collie type dog and then you'd have different dogs for you know the various different stock characters you get in D&D do the um are the dogs actually integral to the plot of the game I mean do they do do they behave like dogs or is it you know they behave like elves who just happen to look like Mm -hmm. dogs uh I there's a piece here that says think Lord of the Rings meets Planet of the Apes but with dogs yes I I I, I get that yeah I suppose doesn't really help though. Doesn't really help. Are they are they integral to the Yeah, story? when they're anthropomorphic dogs, it's like yeah, well, they might as well just be a paladin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How much of a I mean, do you have to like lick your own genitals to get a buff? <laughs> we would go and fight the dragon, but you better feed us first. Yeah. <laughs> uh it looks like yeah, it was successfully backed, so it's it's due out in January. Um uh that's when it's estimated delivery is anyway. Uh, and yeah, it pulled in a lot. It was um, it made one hundred ninety three thousand four hundred and four dollars, well, and it was just looking for something like fifteen thousand well, originally. Exploding kittens made a lot, and that was yeah. be less complicated. <laughs> um, speaking of something that's made a lot is um, another big Kickstarter at the moment is Kingdom Death Monster, 
which was previously on Kickstarter and I don't think they ever like published it outside of Kickstarter so I you know had that original version that yeah. was going quite valuable but now everyone has a chance to spend a ridiculous amount of money on the most expensive board game uh, yeah so this was it had a goal of $100,000 and it is currently at right of as now six million seven hundred and thirty nine thousand one hundred and eighty six dollars. Uh, so coming up on seven million dollars, and there's still thirty four days to go. That's almost as much as they they pledged to recount the vote. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Except this will achieve something, I think. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, and no, it's just it, it, and it's one of the I find yeah it seems to be something the secret to successful Kickstarter board games to have like really cool looking miniatures that seems to capture people's attention. I think it captures the attention of people who aren't don't typically play board games. But yeah. I think in Kingdom Death Monsters case, it also has a really good game system. Oh, yeah. um, it's I think the idea is yeah you have like these survivors who are just like and you have to sort of upgrade them over time. And, mm-hmm. But the, you're fighting monsters. And these monsters are aren't controlled by like a, a GM or anything like that. There, there's a really good AI system that's controlled by a deck, yes. and how it moves and everything. I haven't played it, um, uh, but uh, yeah, it's supposed to be really, really smart. The system. It's a similar system that's being used for the Dark Souls Kickstarter okay. Okay. board game, yeah. which has also yeah. made a crazy amount of money as well. Yeah, I was actually feeling like uh, I've heard that story already because I remember the other Dark Dark Souls. Game. Yeah, so I don't know when that's due. Again, the guys who made that, that didn't have, I didn't even back that despite being a massive Dark Souls fan. It's just they didn't have a big track record, the company, the guys making it. And I I don't know. It was just one of the, another one of those. There's too many of those Kickstarters have like, oh, look at these cool miniatures, like the Ghostbusters one as well, made a fortune yeah. and wasn't very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that seems to be a way of getting it. But uh, yeah, Kingdom Death Monster, I think you're basically looking at $250 minimum for the game. <laughs> And like I was saying, you'd be a chump if you're just gonna spend, if you're spending two hundred fifty dollars, yeah. you might spend the three hundred. You're spending the three hundred, might spend three fifty on like the different well, expansions. Let's go full house, go all in, and just go to for the top uh, right, uh, pledge. Yeah. You know. So yeah, top pledge is one thousand one hundred one thousand six hundred and sixty six dollars is the top pledge <laughs> that includes it. Oh yeah, and that's the other thing as well. Uh, estimated delivery date December two thousand and twenty. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there will be another election in America when this game is coming out. <laughs> if there ever is any more presidents in America or in America uh, at that at stage, uh, yes, with the Kingdom Death Monster for real. <laughs> yes, um, that's uh, the aesthetic is kind of cool. It's very like if I'm familiar with the manga and anime Berserk. It's that it's that kind of vibe of it. The, the like the monsters are all quite grotesque and horrifying looking. Yeah. Uh, so it's pretty neat alright and the box is just beautiful on it it is a it is a I think they're referring to it as a boutique uh, exper- gaming experience uh, who's referring to it as they that? are themselves yes a boutique gaming yeah. oh my god that's awful. Yeah, so they can actually bump up the prize yeah. you know <laughs> it's like it's like those fancy dogs what do you call them gourmet dogs oh, oh no um, like um, no ped- pedigree pedigree oh. that's the word I'm looking for no, gourmet not dogs gourmet are, they're, they're different <laughs> <laughs> delicious but yeah. uh, quite rare or medium rare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the best way to have them. Quite rare. Um, yeah, other than that, oh, actually, I t- you were talking about the Pugmar game. That reminded me of another one I backed on Kickstarter called Goblin Quest, which I now have. It took a while to get printed, but uh, I have it, and I do want to play it at some point. Okay. And that's like it's again, it's a little game system, um, 
And the thing is, you control it. Every player controls a number of goblins. And I think that they're, they're going to die, the goblins, because that's what goblins do. They die. They're like cannon fodder, essentially. And uh, But the thing a, is, yeah. Is this just an existential comment on goblins, or is this part, <laughs> part of the game? It's part of the game. And yeah, the mechanic is to try and keep your goblins alive as long as possible. Okay. Um, but there are some like interesting rule hacks that are also included in the book. And one mm. of them is like a Sean Bean quest. Uh, where everyone's controlling different Sean Bean characters that were played by Sean Bean. And again, the goal is to have them, keep die. them alive as long as possible <laughs> before they die. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah. So I'm, we must dig that out and try it some week. Um, other yeah, than speaking that... Speaking of which, and oh, game, yeah. board game related, is um, I got the entire Game of Thrones series 1-6 to six on Blu-ray. And I'm watching them on a giant screen. And it's amazing because I actually understand what's going on this time. Okay. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> I mean, there's so many details that you never even noticed the uh, first time around. It's worth watching again anyway, just for that reason. That's all. That's all I want okay. to say. I must insist on that point, though, I think. I just stopped the blue books, I think, like the third or something around that. And I decided that it was not for me. <laughs> the books? The books, oh, yeah. I, I don't... There are books? I didn't know yeah, there were books. Yeah, there are. I did a board game that's quite good. Yes, there's a board game, isn't there? <laughs> we, yes. we were, saw um, people at NaveCon playing it the last time. They were playing it for four oh, the whole, hours? The entire of NaveCon, basically. Hours. Yes, hours. Seven hours, I think it was. It was a long and time. who won? Can you remember? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. It was an unusual one. I think it was something like Martell or something, which was is it an unusual. Martell? I yeah. thought it was the Lannisters. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Because there's, yeah, it is very difficult to win depending on some of them. Are, it's very hard to win with. So, and it, and it, that game very quickly gets to sort of a foregone conclusion, but still it continues to be fun even when you have no hope of winning because you still feel like you're a part of it. Yeah. And yeah, making yeah. alliances. And so you you get to be part of helping someone else win. And it, it, that becomes enjoyable. I kind of like that because it doesn't matter about winning. It's about, yeah, <laughs> being that, a part of a victory. That must be so well. nice to play a game you feel part of. <laughs> 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 I tried to keep you part of it. Remember that the next time, the next NaveCon that I met. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, another thing I was hoping I would have had it by now as it's currently being shipped uh, is Beasts of Balance uh, I think it was originally called something else but they had to change their name because of the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find the movie Warner Brothers told them you need to change your name and they could have gone to court over the whole thing but they didn't. What, they called it Fantastic Beasts? No it was originally called something like Fabulous Beasts or something um, when I backed it but they changed the Beasts of Balance Okay. but the Harry Potter film is Fantastic fantastic, fantastic beasts, beasts and where to find them. Uh, and they probably could have fought it, but it wasn't worth it. And I think Warner Brothers gave them some cash to change their name. So yeah, was, and it, we meant to get the game out in time as well. So yes. uh, <laughs> and that, I don't know. I wasn't too attached to the name. Uh, but yeah, it, this is quite interesting. It's kind of like a Jenga type thing where uh, you have all these different, all the different blocks that you're stacking are different animal shapes and they're ob- unusual shapes, the animals. Yeah. And the thing is, the uh, you're stacking them on top of this, uh, like basically an NFC cha- sensor. Uh, um, and each beast has a chip inside it so you Mm. scan it and then place it and then that communicates back to the app so the app Mm -hmm. is then building like this weird little ecosystem based on the animals that are being stacked Huh. That's nice. <laughs> so I've heard it's very good from people who have play tested it. So um, I'm nice, looking. Actually, there's a few games that are starting to use apps, and some of them are okay. But this seems like a yeah. In general, I I did like yeah. The only one I've played that I've liked so far is the um, yeah yeah uh, yeah. It, it seems to work. I like just, I like the Alchemist. Okay, I haven't played that one. Um, it just helps the game because it does a lot of the kind of mathematical heavy lifting for mm-hmm. you, but it is very nicely done. You just you actually use your phone to take pictures um, of your cards, and the phone will then work things out for you. 
um, which is nice. What I didn't like was the XCOM app. Yeah. Because that's an app that plays you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't like that. I know, uh, I think Vic from um, NaveCon, he did a big blog post there last week. Oh, yeah? How much he doesn't like apps and keep your apps out of my board games. I was actually thinking of that. So, does anyone want anything else to talk about? Uh, Nope. I've completely run out of ideas. Um, so yeah yeah. as usual Board Games Ireland uh, our meetups are Sunday afternoons in Alfie Burns and Tuesday evenings in Alfie Burns uh, although Christmas coming up I don't know if we'll take a break we should probably won't depending on all the days but we may not even have to oh no wait probably we'll have to miss skip a Sunday yeah because I yeah. it's so I guess that's... we probably have to skip two Sundays actually unless you want uh, to bring your parents in Alfie yeah. Burns yeah <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't know. So I don't know. We're fairly consistent, and I, I did a, an interview at the Sunday Business Post the other day. Whether they use it or not, I don't know. They they might even be sending a photographer or something. So look out for that. Two games today. Yeah, I haven't heard back from them, so maybe they won't be sending a photographer. But uh, I see. did talk to them, and uh, yeah, I think they're talking to Dungeons and Donuts as well. So they're doing a feature in the run up to Christmas on Hey, look, board games are back. That type ah. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so board look. games and profit. Yes. <laughs> Underlined. Twice. <laughs> as in <profit> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I, she, I, I, yeah, when she rang me, I was, she actually woke me up because I was having a lion that morning. So I was probably half asleep and I was talking to her. Second, like, so I got those what I said. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like this. <laughs> I may have talked about board games that only existed in the dream I had that night. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah thanks for listening thanks guys for coming on board uh, again if anyone else is interested in coming on and talking about whatever games you want to talk about yeah, yeah drop us a bell somewhere I yes know, if you uh, leave the bell in the usual yeah, place the usual by, the, place. by the, <laughs> the low stone wall yes. near Gavin's um, building um, he will pick up the bell <laughs> he will pick up the bell as per normal on Tuesday evening at midnight it, ring it at midnight his minions will come and dispatch messages to yourselves to let you know when the broadcast is taking place at a secret yeah, You will location. be assigned a bridge and you need to be on that bridge at midnight. Yes, this is very important. I, yeah. I got the wrong bridge before yeah. and I was arrested, so yeah. get it right. That's all. That's what, that's what you should know. Okay, so thanks a lot and we'll see you next time. And... Um...